Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. You're listening to live from the path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper. Hitting you with the news of the day. Hot news. What we got? We do? We doing hot takes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're changing the we're changing the the format of the show to current events. Okay. That's it, why it's live from the path, not stuff that happened or ethereal things from the path. From the path. That's no, what I, we normally talk about. I understand. So we should do like nobody else and talk about Trump. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah that's nobody's good, doing people that. People are mystified on what that man has got going on. Nobody, there's no news source even covering it. Yeah, that's true. We don't want to leave people in the dark. There, We're here boy, to help. I tell you what, he took a lot of heat. He took a lot of heat at that George uh, George Bush funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard rumors of it, but I never actually saw anything. I mean, I, I try not to. Pay I mean, I think that. you could. I, I think you could construe it however you want. But like, the guy has a resting Trump face. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, <laughs> he really. I, someone described it as a petulant child, and he really does. He's just, he's, you know, and of course, he's not, he's not refined. Right, you know, right. maybe like the. Like the the rest of the previous presidents or whatever, but like he really is, he's he's, he's folding his arms, he's like rocking back and forth. <laughs> he just well, he can't sit for that long. Weren't they mad at him because he wasn't repeating the Apostles' Creed? Yeah, Creed. Yeah, I'm like, gosh, I don't I don't either. If I go to a place, I sit there and go, yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. Actually, I gotta be. You know, there was there was people like you know you know how to how the, the internet has to put news out anymore. You know, and so they're like, Ariba McIntyre does the Lord's Prayer or whatever. You know, and it was a big emotional moment that said, and so I'm like, oh, well, you know, I see this. And I watched it, and I'm like, you know, I just don't even like this song. <laughs> None of the words rhyme. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't a big fan. <laughs> I thought it was all right. What, I, the, so, so, like, I, that's the only part that I caught. Uh, I was, so I was, at, I was at work, and I, uh, I went up to the lunchroom, and they had it on. Uh, and, like, I caught the part where, uh, who was it, the Oak Ridge Boys or whatever were piping out something. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then Reba McIntyre did the Lord's Prayer. And, like, there's uh, Andrea Bocelli does a cool version of the Lord's Prayer. Someone has said that because I made that same comment earlier, and they're like, you should really listen to Andrea Bocelli's one because yeah. uh, Reba's wasn't as, as good. It's pretty good. Hey, he's, hey, speaking of which, he's, he's going to be on TBN, uh, I think, next week t- talking about his Christian faith. You know, I've not uh, watched TBN or been up to date on his programming ever. No, yeah, me neither. I don't yeah. get it. I don't I get that. I figured he'd be on live from the path first. I called him. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, oh, that's a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, maybe maybe the number comes in funny. You know who was funny? I, I listened to what was it? Uh, Bush's. I, I can't remember. It was a senator from Arizona. Oh, McCain. No, yeah, McCain. He died, Ben. Yeah. Right. He yeah, I thought you were saying you listened speaking at the funeral. Oh no, I thought you said you listened to his funeral. No, no, no. Okay. No, I was I, I was the, he was the he he was the comic relief of the day. Oh yeah. And uh, he was pretty funny actually. And the thing is that it, it, I noted it about him is like cuz humor doesn't really cross this line very often but like it was it was uh clean funny. You know, it yeah. was just like folksy funny, you know, and I'm like I really appreciate people that can pull off humor without doing something degenerative in the middle of it. Yeah, and and like he did, you know, he told he told funny stories and 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 he made he made anecdotal quips. And I was I was just really impressed. I thought, man, you know, I just I want more of this in my life, like stuff that you can literally laugh out loud at and go, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a a, a dirty joke in there or a jab at anybody, you know, like this gossip laden, you know, diatribe. Like it was just straightforward comedy stuff, you know, and it was it was pretty cool. I liked that part. Uh, so here's what got going on the show. So I do have it's not um, it's not Pope style advice, 
Um, but uh, it's, I don't know, maybe it's an interesting conversation. So uh, the question is, is that like, what, what, um, what responsibility do we have as as people who who bear the who bear um, the burden of speaking truth into the world um, to guard the message or to um, tailor the message for what we think people are going to do with it? That's my question. Oh, I feel like I'm going to need an example. Um, so uh, okay, so so here's actually the real life example. So I saw. Um, you, you guys remember the band Willet? So we, we, they oh, came yeah. and played to the church. Um, uh, we interviewed them when we were at the uh, mm-hmm. one of the festivals, right? So uh, so Jeremy Willet, um, the, he was the lead singer that went down to the border, and he was uh, the, the, the deal was basically is that there's um, by the way that he talks about it. Look, there's there's obviously human suffering going on here on either side, right? The countries people are coming from, uh, people that are stuck at the border, uh, people that are trying to deal with the situation that's at the border. Like, there's just a lot going on down there. And so can we bring, can we bring kind of light into this thing? And so, um, and so he went down there and he led worship on, on kind of both sides and he's kind of helping to tell stories. And he's, um, he's done a lot of really cool work with things like that. He spent, um, they, they've adopted, I think, uh, multiple kids from Africa and he went and spent, I think lived in one of those villages for like, you know, a few months and, and told stories and, and like just to help people kind of get to know what was going on and not just like fly by night discussion, but like I w- he's, he was there among people and that kind of thing. So anyway, so he goes down and he's, he's um, kind of sharing some of these things and um, it, it bends, uh, certainly, certainly is, is sympathetic to kind of the migrant caravan. Uh, is the primary um, d- d- description, and there was a guy that kind of got on and made a comment, and said, "Hey, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing, um, but like, you, you, this isn't quite a, f- a full story. Um, you know, I had uh, t- you know t- two. I know that there are people who are like throwing rocks at uh, uh, the guys that are working the border and stuff, and like, you know, n- not not everything is, is is like children are in need and, and that kind of thing. And um, his response basically was, uh, you know, thank you. I appreciate you kind of engaging what we're talking about. Can I ask you, you know, have you ever been down there personally? Have you been able to see this or like, you know, what is your experience at the border? And it turns out the guy's like a like a border guard <laughs> and like and a few of his friends like were the guys who had gotten, you know, kind of attacked and whatever. And um, and so he said, hey, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate you. You kind of kind of sharing your perspective and, um, you know, uh, helping kind of inform the conversation and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it wasn't antagonistic. I th- think the guys know each other um, and, they, and they like each other. And I think the guy, the border guy, like certainly respects what 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 the lead singer guy was doing. But but here's what I thought, though, is that like the whole point of the, of the initial response was, hey, man, have you actually been down there engaged? And the dude's like, you know what? Yeah, I have every day. And I saw this this very thing um, that is a reality. And. Um, and this isn't a knock on uh, on Jeremy per se. It just it just struck me because I think I understand what he's trying to do. Um, is that th- there wasn't really a direct kind of acknowledgement that like yeah you know what it's a complicated picture, and like yeah there's 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 mixed elements of of these things. Like, there's a reality to um, human need in the situation, and then there's a reality of, of human depravity. And frankly, there there's a level of human depravity that's caused the human need. And so like. Um, but instead of kind of in, embracing that, and social media is a, ba- a wrong place to do it. That's why I don't want to over overload on the conversation itself. But like, um, it made me think that that I think a lot of a lot of our conversation gets guarded because we're worried about what, what not not the true thing, but like what people will imply from saying the true thing. Um, and so, like, because you don't want to be aligned necessarily with other people who who would espouse similar things. I feel like we don't 
maybe there's a hesitance to say just the blatant thing. Like the true thing in that situation was, uh, you know, like I, I know that that that, that Jeremy Ben's. Um, sympathetic to to like the caravan stuff and like there's an american blindness that is permitted uh or or like the reaction to that isn't isn't is he doesn't believe is jesus focused um and i think fine like if that's your perspective on the thing but like it doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to acknowledge hey man it isn't the entire reality like there there are things going on down there like when people say hey man there's some criminals or some 'er ne'er-do-wells in this thing like can't we just say yeah when the answer is yeah and then can't we just say, hey, look, if there's human suffering that we, we, we just, you know, like the Jesus people look at and say borders are no borders. I don't like this. And I feel like there, what can we do to try to resolve this situation in a proper way? Um, can, can, can we say that they're not all thugs and thieves? And can we say that some of them are people who are, who are trying to flee from bad situations? And like, can't we just say that? But like the hesitance in a lot of these discussions seems to be that if we do that, um, I you run the risk of agreeing on some point or another with someone else that you might completely disagree on everything else with. Yeah, and you so, have to draw a line and choose a side and stay there. Is kind of our our yeah. mo. You know, it's like yeah, we can't and, stray from it. And so, so that I suppose that's the question: is like, is that is that a, is that a right consideration for people of Jesus? Like, do we have to? Is it not just? Is it what is true? What is not true? Is it well? How will people perceive the true thing and my potential? Uh, being in cahoots with other people that believe that thing is that our, is that our responsibility to deal with? Man, it's such a great. What uh, I mean, the answer is not a yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's such a great thing because like uh, our entire American culture has shifted that direction, right? Like the news is delivered that way. It's the news isn't delivered on a fact, fact, fact basis. The news is delivered with a fact, fact spin basis. Right, and then the people who spin that way only want to read news stories that are spun that way, and 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 there's not much mixing, you know. And so, like, the the thing is, can you uh, can you explain? Do you do you feel like there's a duty to explain the entire situation in every situation? I mean, are you saying like it just per- per- pertains to, you know, the the gospel, or like does a guy who sells shoes at Payless have to say? Look, uh, you borderline nine and a half, but I think a ten ought to do you. But you might not do a ten in this shoe because it's made in Indonesia, and the tax rate in Indonesia for that particular brand of shoe leads people to have eight-year-olds making the shoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like do you, you have to roll out the entire situation in every situation, or does the point that you're trying to get across is you can fit in a ten? You should buy the ten. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, like. I, I I don't think I don't think it's practical. It, I, I just don't think it's practical to lay that stuff out. I think it's it's honest to be part of the conversation when the conversation's there. But like your opening gambit, I don't know has to be the Indonesian eight year old. You know when the, the shoe is is what we're talking about. Yeah. So, so I mean it, that reminds me. Uh, it makes me think of um, uh, I, I suppose like like bare questions, right? Like. Um, are you responsible? Basically, I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this. To what extent are you responsible for the perception of other people? Right? Granted, people are going to take in how they're going to take it in. Um, but like knowing that someone might say, like, write you off because they say, well, you know, if you're going to go down there and lead worship for like uh, a group of caravan people who I think are uh, are criminals, then like then I've written that off. Well, Is it no- your responsibility to fight against that? No, no, I don't think so. No. And is it so? But on the other side, is it? Um, does it 
is there any reason like like because what I feel like might be happening in situations like that is to hedge against well if I if I can if I agree and say yes you know what uh, s- s- there are some kind of ruffians in this deal um, uh, and so and people might think well then I'm not on the on the side of the ca- the caravan people or whatever like is that something we got to worry about or do you just call it for what it is I mean uh, I, uh, we'd have to say that that like you know do you believe that people are that is the way they bend. They bend with an extremely broad brush. Like no one, no one actually wants to participate in the middle of the road conversation. They want to go, yes, they're all thugs, or no, they're they just need a place to be. We should let them in. And they want to pick a side. Like they 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 tend that way because nobody wants to have the middle of the road complicated conversation. Is it is it a simplistic view just for simplistic sake? Because nobody wants to, you don't want to get in the middle of it. It's it it really is a is a, a very very gray conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's true that it's easier to put people in buckets. Like, you can deal with them pretty easy, right? Because I can yeah. say, as long as you believe this and believe this, I can write you off. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to engage in the dialogue. I can just be like, well, that guy's a compassionate liberal, and uh, he's obviously crazy. And so I don't have to deal with him, right? Or, like, that guy's a wingnut who wants to shut down the borders and never let anybody in. He's, like, he's a heartless snake, and so I don't have to deal with him. Yeah, we've become lazy in even having the conversation because of those buckets. We put people in the bucket. We just label them, keep them there. And, and then we're inconsistent because of that. Like, even the, the current, you know, conversation these days with the um, baby is cold outside, you know. Right. Uh, radio stations are taking it off because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's me too and it is terrible. So then, like, Christians are saying, what are you doing? That's so dumb. Play the song. And if you look at the song, it really legitimately is a guy trying to engage in what the Bible calls fornication. fornication. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you listen to the words, it's like, uh, actually, we're against that. You know, yeah, right. Reg- regardless of whether it's good natured or yeah. otherwise, yeah. it's actually we actually don't don't support it. But the wrong people now are trying to get it off. So now we're we're trying to say, yeah, we should play the song. I'm like, I'm okay with them not playing. I you mean, know what, Dan? Uh, I, th- that is an element that has not really been part of the conversation, and it is an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like we're fighting where whether you know, like, is it is it is it consensual or is the guy being a real creeper? But either way, <laughs> the end result they're not is married, yeah. and uh, they shouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, yeah. So, so I think that's the thing, and maybe that's that's what I was getting at. What I was thinking on the way here was, um, like, we're an advertising culture. We're we're a culture um, which we are. Um, we know we're being advertised to, um, and we we we've become come to think about ourselves as a brand, how I speak. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we've taken on this position on how we interact with people. Um, as like, well, how do I angle this in such a way so that people will hear what I want to say? And that's not wrong, but like, I, I do wonder if it causes us um, our 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 wit or our our competence in trying to communicate a suave message uh, distances us from true things, from core true things that are potentially complicated. What I what here's 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 what I know is politically what I believe is complicated. It's not an easy thing. There is not a bucket that exists. Um, I, I've got I've got pretty wide variations of how of inter- government interaction and uh, the extent uh, of people's freedom and the protection of Christianity or people's right to worship. Like there's a I, I fit into a lot of different camps here. And so, like, it's just a complicated thing. I can't fill out a sheet and then have you say, all right, great, you will know me. Um, and like the example I gave is that like um, uh, the reason I struggled with that particular interaction on Facebook was. Um, is because I, I I live on that on that issue very much in in it's not a middle as in a compromise but like it's a it's a declaration that like this is complicated there are there are people's needs there are bad people yes it's, I think it's both and I think we've got to, and I think the the solution is not an easy one I, you can't just say 
no across the board, and you can't say yes across the board. It's hard. It's going to be work, um, and it's going to be the right work, though. Um, and but so I was disappointed in that because I thought like that was a even a simple acknowledgement of that shows some level of humanity. Um, and, and I think like a, a, a rational thinking, but like it, it felt like a protection of this image of what's going on so that you didn't want to even give an inch. So so are you so you're saying that that like you do do that, like without someone acknowledging that it's complicated, then I'm assuming that I can't trust you to take all the facts in right, because I can tell it's complicated from here. And if you're not willing to acknowledge that, then I don't think you're getting the tr- full story. That's right. That's right. If you're trying to sell me that it, that it, it only works one way. um, and that it, there isn't a complication here, and that like unless you can t- can prove to me that the thing is totally a lie, right? That there are for in this example, nobody chucking rocks, no thugs at all. Like if that was totally fabricated, fine. But like if that's not the case, then like dismissing buckets of people's um, concerns about a situation um, feels disingenuous to me. And it feels like if you're not willing to say, I recognize what you're thinking, here's how that situation doesn't quite fit into that, or like, here's what actually complicates that is because of X, Y, and Z, that seems like a productive conversation to me. You and know, I, I, I think the distinction you're making, are, and the people that would tend to make it, are the people that lead other people. The people that are looking to just go stand in the group of people that already agree with them, don't, ha- don't see any reason to give the background, don't see any reason to, to g- give the, the complicated version of it, because... They just want to stand by the folks that are that are already here and already thinking that that's the thing. And so, but like people who want to lead people want to lead all of them and say, this is how we should take this in as a as a society. This is how we should take the whole issue in, and this is what I think our output should be. And it varies, and it's complicated, and there's levels, and and that's leading all people, not just finding like your people or the people closest to how you are. And 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 right now, like I, I mean, obvi- it's obvious in our political climate. It's obvious in our social strata. Like it's it's obvious that that we are we're taking the easy are already maligned groups, right? Like it's easier it's easier just to say, hey, purple team, purple's the best. Purple goes, heck yeah, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> yeah, they, it is, and they're with you already. You don't have to explain to blue why purple is better because pur- there's already enough purples, and 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 you're good. And and I'm not accusing um, Jeremy of doing that. I'm just saying that that like. If, if, for example, if I was, if, if, if he goes down, if someone goes down and, and, and leads worship for disaffected refugees that have, that are, are living a, a rough place, that needs to be done anyway. That's yeah, a I was, good I was, thing. Like, people go down and lead worship anywhere. I'm for it. These are great things, right? And, and, and if, and if your, if your goal is to just ship it out to other, other people that love Jesus and say, listen, we're bringing Jesus in, into, into places because light wins. doesn't matter if there's thugs and rock throwers down here or widows and orphans. Either way, we're showing up. Just just know that 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 God's got people on it, and and I need you to pray with me, or I need you to come down here. That's a call to do something in a specific area, and and I don't have any issue with that, right? But then, but on the on the other hand, if if other people are taking it in as a politicized statement, or this is the deal, and nobody should actually be worried about the thugs, you should just pray and and hand out food. I don't know if that's the statement he was making or not, but it can certainly be taken that way by the guys on the other side and go, well, you're not painting a full picture. So that's what I'm saying is like, what responsibility do you have to paint uh, to I, his followers on his Facebook? Uh, Zero. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm saying is like, I, I, I'm less concerned about someone saying that it is your outward responsibility to paint a full picture. But like, if you dodge a full picture... Like maybe that's what I'm getting at. I, I just I maybe I feel like we we have like Jesus was was an enigmatic in this, 
right? Like the, the the holiest man to walk walk the streets, and the and and the Pharisees were like, he's hanging out with sinners, and he didn't care to explain himself, except for to say that the the, the sick need, you know, I. It's the sick who need the yeah, doctor. Same guy told parables purposely, <laughs> you know, and said, you hear it if you hear it, and, and left it at that. So, so, so maybe, I guess that's what I'm saying is that, like, um, I don't expect, I don't, I don't know that I'm saying, hey, man, you went down to, to be part of uh, leading worship to people who some might say are criminals. Explain yourself. I'm not saying that. I, that's what I, I guess I'm landing on the where I'm comfortable is to say, um, look, it's not your deal. But like, it's also is not your consideration. So like, it shouldn't be. I if you're if you're going to do that, you need to be that universally. Look, I will do what I want. I will do what the kingdom calls me to do. Um, and I don't feel the need to explain myself when someone says, "Hey, hey, man, are you? Uh, hey, uh, it feels it, inconsistent for you to be down here leading worship for these folks." And I'd be like, "No, I don't, I don't think so." Yeah, but I, I think it's not. <laughs> once again, like it's this this platform of being able to say things like this and have them taken in you know, from 2,000 other people in their living rooms is, is new, right? It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a newer thing. If you were to have this exact same one-on-one conversation, I, I feel like the acknowledgement of the complications of what's going on down here would be there, right? If it was just you and him having a conversation or you and somebody else, then that would be, I, I, I think all those nuances would be explored. But like when you're putting out a blanket statement for 2,000 other people to read and interpret without you being there to follow up any of it, then that's different, right? That can all just be taken in as however it would, however somebody wants to take. It. So there's really no, I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, I, I can count on, I don't have enough hands to count how many times I've said something that was inadvertently completely offensive, and I didn't intend it to be that way. My heart was not in the offensive mode at all, and only to find out that someone's been gnawing on it for two years because I ran my mouth on something. You know, that, that I was not intended that way at all. And I didn't ever get the chance to defend myself. We didn't even talk about it. And it, it turned out to be a thing completely behind my back, right? But that, like, that's, the, that's the thing with communication. You could solve it if, 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 if you'd have had that, that follow-up conversation. But if you just take what you want to take and go, I mean, you could be just as, the same people that are, hooray, Trump said this, and there's 50% of the other people that are like, boo, Trump said that. And it's the exact same statement. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just taken half and half. And then everybody's upset. And so, like, I think it's the platform that brings the complication to it, you know? Yeah, that's true. One-on-one conversations. Like, I, I, maybe that's the thing. The platform causes you to be more guarded because of the influence. But because of the influence, you've got to be careful on how you guard things um, to the extent that, like, if, you're, if your end goal is to say, hey, I want uh, – I, I think the gap is that people are not sympathizing with, say, maybe the caravan. And so I, I'm going to protect that by not otherwise acknowledging – some of the sense of the reality that that maybe people who are who we feels like are the prime targets to not um, sympathizing, um, like not not to give it a inch. And again, I, I'm not I don't know anything further from the conversation. I don't I'm not proposing that that's what he's doing. But it occurred to me that people can. And frankly, I feel like people do that. We that we 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 uh, treat the platform in such a way uh, as that that we are afraid um, of being of not being able to, to buck it out because it brings trouble. It brings complication if you're the person that says, yeah, you know what, um, I, I have sympathy for this down here. I, I, I want to bring worship and, and, and God's light here, um, but recognize that it's, it's not that clear of a situation. There's some rough folks down here. And, like, you know, it doesn't, you, you don't easily fall into a bucket. And, he, and maybe that's the core thing is that, like, I feel like, I feel like kingdom people are responsible for a broad perspective. And so, like, to the extent that you're following, following, falling into a worldly bucket here, um, I, I feel like it's bringing risk. 
you, you should Christians are complicated because or um, not complicated. We are um, complex and enigmatic from the world's perspective because Jesus was. And to the extent that you are not an enigma, if I can describe you easily by your political party, um, then we I, we may be missing something. Like we should be hard to pin down, frankly, because we don't fit into worldly buckets very easily. Maybe and maybe that's the core thing um, is that let's let's not let's not fight for the buckets. Yeah, I, I mean, I I I I feel like that's that it's just flat out nitpicking, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I just feel like it. Like once again, I feel like it's a new, it's a new social way that we expect the 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 greatest man on earth, minus Jesus, gets up and makes a speech, and there is still a group of fifty people who are like, he didn't bring up poodles, and I'm just super disappointed that he didn't bring up the plight of the poodles. He has this big platform to be able to say it, and it didn't even come up, and they're super mad at him, and he could have said the greatest things and brought everybody together, and the poodle guys are still mad. Because he didn't nail that one thing that he wanted to talk about. And, like, that's just a, a very, I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's so unfair for anybody that wants to say anything and they're open to, to, to ridicule on what they did or did not do when, like, their, their whole goal was to just, hey, man, there's, there's people down here that, that, that need talk to or, or this is where God's, God's doing work here and here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that seems just really, it seems unfair and a new, and a, just a new way that we take in information that it has to cover all grounds all the time. It's just not even practical. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that's not quite what I'm saying. Um, and it's not so much what people are, um, and maybe the, the, the situation um, is, is hyper-specific. But like, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, do you, um, in order to not complicate things, do we sometimes not, do we run the risk of avoiding the truth? Of calling things clearly for what they are, with clarity brings complication because if if because the truth is generally complex, the reality is generally complex. Well, yeah. So like, even take a take a straightforward statement like, uh, "Hey, man, God loves you." And my worry would be that if you provide someone with a statement that says God loves you, it means that He likes exactly what you're doing and all the things that you're doing in your life, and that you're making no effort to know Him. Just know that God loves you. Well, that's, that's way more complicated than that, right? There's a God to follow and a God to worship and a life that gets changed when that, when that stuff becomes a reality to you. But if, like, I, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen the danger of doing that, of throwing out this, like, God loves you for exactly who you are. That's not exact. I mean, he does love you, but he doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to move. But if you leave it at the simple God loves you, then, yeah, you probably did do them a disservice. But, like, there's... There's ways and means to, to going about that conversation. And so, ah, crap, now I'm sitting, I, I'm, I'm grabbing what you're saying. I don't know. Crap, I've put no thought into it. I'm a simpleton. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe they, what it comes down to is that, like, uh, it just, it, let's, let's let it be true, right? So let's let, not let it be shaded, not let it to be, um, um, like we're going to deal, the Christians are going to deal in reality. We're going to deal in clear statements, and we're going to deal in reality. So if someone says, "Hey, man, uh, uh, yeah, there's there's violence at the border," and some and, and I say, "Hey, man, uh, have you been down there? Have you seen it?" Yeah, actually, I was there. It happened. It's like, yeah, this there is violence at the border. It's complicated. There's also need, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I like don't. I'm not going to shade what is going on or what the truth is. Um, be to try to influence the ends. I'm going to assume that truth itself. Um, and wisdom associated with it is what produces the right ends. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like I like, 
this, this sense of, of advertising to try to influence behavior has become a, a personal thing. And I, and I feel like it's a, to the detrimental of our ability to communicate true things. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's our entire culture, right? Now. It's, it's all of it. Everything is a, is a shade. Well, it's like we're, we're afraid that if we're completely honest, the people who are on our side, maybe maybe some of them will slide to the other side or something. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, well, because you're right, it's not black or white. There, There's some big gray in there, and we're all battling over the gray people. The black and the whites are battling over the gray. And so if you give an inch, you're just afraid, ah, they're going to go the other direction now. I've lost some. Yeah, right. you're not true to the cause. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go down and do worship because we're God people, and that's the only thing that matters. And it's like, well, there, no, there's some, some bad people. You don't, no, 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 there's not. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point, though, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. It's like the cause is the right thing. That right. should be the cause, right? The cause is yeah. to do the right thing or, 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 or represent God's people or what God's heart is for all of the people. And, and God's heart on a guy that commits all kinds of crimes is for him to love and follow Jesus in jail. That's God's heart because he's, he does bad things, yeah. right? A guy that's been disaffected and has, is the sojourner in your land, God's heart is to feed that man, right? And, to, and, and get him started on a path where he can feed himself. And so, like, the cause should be the right thing, not your side of the right thing or, like, your portion of the right yeah. thing. Maybe maybe that maybe that is true, and I I don't know. I, maybe I'm. Because, maybe, well, they both have parts of right because it's also right to protect our citizens from people who want to harm them. Yes, and it's right to 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 help people that are legitimately having some I mean honest needs. You know, they're both right, and and, and so that's where it t- takes thought and conversation and and work, and 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 reasonable thought and reasonable yeah. conversation, right? And the brain that God has gifted humanity with to subdue and rule over his creation with, right? You put it in practice and you go, what's, what can we do here? Like, what, what can we actually do with all these things? Instead of just going, look, the guys that want to stop them at the border obviously hate people. That's not true. Yeah. And the guys that want to let them all in yeah. don't love our country and don't care that they're taken over by terrorists. Well, that's not true either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, can we, can we talk about what the situation is and figure out, where, where the good is. There's good in there somewhere, and you're not going to get everybody. The poodle guy's still going to be mad because the immigration debate is not about the poodles, and he's still going to be upset. But you got to start. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to protect humanity and their waywardness from themselves, right? Like, like literally, we, we like to complain about our, the state of our, of our political process in Washington. We've created this. We did this. We asked God for, for kings. And God relented. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We created every problem that we currently have. There's not a group of 300 bad politicians in Washington. There's a group of 300 people that we elected to be there and promoted the actions that they take. And it will continue as long as we put up with it. And the same is true with this microcosm debating that goes on with every single thing. We could agree that on, on every bit of practice, but the, at the end of the speech, the guy will say, and... I love Puerto Rico. And they're like, oh, I see. He's a Puerto You know what I'm saying? And then he's right. gone completely. We're not listening to him at all because he's a fringe Puerto Rican man who loves Puerto Rico more than other states. And all of a sudden, we're at odds. Yeah. So he's absolutely ridiculous. And so I think that's the core of it then. Like, so it, it, it's to simplify the very thing is, is it, it seems like it shouldn't have to be said, but we, we deal in true things and, and not, not shaded things, not things that try to drive to certain ends. We deal in the reality of the things. And, like, it's not that you can't focus on certain things, but to the extent that we deny or shade other parts of reality to try to influence people, we're no longer dealing in truth. And, like, that is the thing that should stand out about 
about how Christians are interacting in some of these types of things, is that we're not easily bucketed because we're willing to deal with a reality, because we're the ones that can face it with any sense of reasonableness, because it is not our forever reality, and we're well aware of that. Um, and so, if it's, and this is, this is to me, um, as much to anybody, um, is, is that um, it's, it's, it's okay that, 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 you're, that things are enigmatic, that they're complex, um, and it is not, not your responsibility necessarily to, to make sure that everyone is super clear on the thing that you're doing, as long as what you're doing is faithful and is dealing with reality and not trying to shade it one way or the other. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, once again, with the, with the platform angle, right, you don't actually have to tell everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it is super complicated and you know it's going to get misconstrued, maybe the right is to not bring it up to 2,000 other people, you know, to just deal with it and what you're dealing with. And, and that's, that's hard too, right? Like the, the thing you do when you find this thing and, 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 and you're going to shout it to the world like everybody should know about this. You find this with, uh, with and, uh, and granted, we've all been on mission, mission trips here in the last year and a half, right? But like people will go to another country and get all gassed up and show back and be like, Everybody should know. We need all kinds of money for this. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> you know what <laughs> I guess, I mean, if you say so, why don't you get the money? You love it so much. And I like that answer, right? Like, if that's your deal, then you hit people up one-on-one, and, and you drive it, and you do that, right? But, like, throwing the guilt out like a, like a, a, a spray bomb, right? Like, that's, it's just it's flat-out not effective. I, I don't know. It's interesting. For some reason, I keep thinking that this parallels to the, to the parable of the seed somehow, and I just can't quite... Just can't quite it's not it. landing. Yeah, I can't put it together. It's not taking root. No, it's not. It's being scorched. <laughs> hey, man, that reminds me. In next, the rocks. <laughs> next week, I want to talk about. Uh, I think it's Luke, sixteen about the, but the shrewd manager. I love that parable. Hey, it's difficult. <laughs> it is. It is difficult to discern. Like I remember parts of that, and I th- and, and like in my mind, I thought, oh yeah, great. Okay, here's the application of it. And I was reading it a little bit closer within the last five days. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. What though? It really feels like <laughs> what's going on here. It feels like the Lord goes, "That's the way to use the brain I gave you." <laughs> Jesus, you crook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're on a sinking ship, grab some inflatables. <laughs> we're we're going to hit that, and like I will note also that the the the, the Jesus uh, Luke's Luke's narrative of Jesus um, has some pretty hard, like harsh line drops, like where um, other guys have cut off the story uh, in a much lighter tone, and then like. Uh, Luke's Jesus is just, I mean, he's probably, he's got like three chapters in a row where there's some kind of extended parable. And like at the end of the parable, someone's like, Hey, bring the people here. And then I shall dispatch with them <laughs> or like, or like they will all be cast aside into the pits. And I'm like, what? Whoa. It, it just takes, Luke is a lot more uh, explicit at the ends of some of these. Anyway, remind me the next, uh, next week, Luke 16. Yeah, I got it. We're going to talk about this shrewd manager. Okay. Uh, Hey, so, so they released, um, and I, the year's not over yet. I don't know. This is going to start happening. Uh, people are trying to get ahead of the game here, and we're going to know in July what the top X was in 2018. Yeah. So, like, the, the uh, version has released the top um, uh, Bible verses by country in 2018. And uh, it was kind of an interesting list. Hold on. So, my, uh, so what, are your, what are your guesses? Top, top Bible verses uh, uh, highlighted, um, noted, or favorited in the version Bible app? For the United States? Uh, yeah, for the United States. Philippians, 4-3. The 4-3? 13. 4-13. Dan? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's got to okay. be. Let's check People the, are wild with that one. Let's check the United States. United I, States. I used it this week, in fact. <laughs> Holy cats. United States comes in with Isaiah 41-10. Is that the knit together in the womb? No. That's Jeremiah 29. Just the eagle? Or no, no, that's I have plans. Hold on. Okay. I prosper you? Know what I have? Yeah. Isaiah 41 
I should have looked these up. Yeah. That would have been responsible. I'm checking. Hey, just a quick sidebar. I, I have taken to reading. I needed to read some Isaiah passages in, uh, in youth group or whatever. And uh, it's very helpful to read them in the message. I mean, they, these kids, I mean, because of the way they take in media anymore these days, they completely gloss over. You try to read anything that has any type of poetry tinge to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or takes, uh, takes like a, it's a, where things are, are two levels in. And, and like, I lament this all day long that, that they, they can't, but they, they can't do it. And, and the gospel moving forward is more important than their lack of ability to read poetry, right? And, like, I've had a lot of good luck with, uh, with reading it in the message and then explaining, you know, how it got there or whatever. Yeah, so, I, I would say that, actually, that the message does a, a, a much better job with some of the variant art forms within Scripture. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, there's, there's, I got some translation qualms here and there with the message, but, like, um, their ability to you treat a, a poem as a poem— um, and, and use that art form in the way that it was otherwise written um, is is I, I I would agree I think the impact is is, is tenfold yeah uh, so what, what do we got here fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand that's for America yeah all right hold on a second so I, I, now what's, what's the context of Isaiah forty one here listen to me in silence O coastlands let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, let them speak, let us draw together, let us together draw near for judgment. Who stirred up one from the east whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, Be strong! The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, says of the soldering, It is good. And they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its father's corners, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That seems to be in the right context. Context is good. Yeah. Context is good. I'd I like, like to, I'd really like, see, this is poetry loses me. You know, but like, Hark, are you the one who smooths with the hammer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your solder is good. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, look at this. He who stirred up one from the east whom victory meets at every step. That's beautiful. I is mean, it, everywhere it, he walks, victory comes to join him. Is it bad things come from the east? Yes. Stirred up. So, so what is it? He who stirred up things from the east? It, it's, ju- it's the judgment. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach and then let them speak. Let us draw together. Draw, let us together draw near for judgment. And then you have trouble coming in from the east. And then, like, this is actually a lament. Um, it's a there's a it's a powerful thing to say. Look 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 at the victory here. Um, but it's it's actually a, a lament. It's against until you get to Israel. But you Israel, my servant Jacob, who I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from his father's quarters, I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. And this is uh, this is after Babylon, right? Like like some of the the Jews had had gotten out of there, but there were still some Jews remaining in Babylon. And then, and then, after Isaiah was the the interstitial period or whatever, like the four hundred years before Jesus showed up, is that about right? 
I don't know that, that this is directed towards that specifically, though. Huh. Like, I think it's I think it's a broader thing. Behold, all who are incensed to get you shall be put to shame and confounded. Mm, yeah. I don't know if it's addressing that or not. What's the What's the number one in uh, Zimbabwe? Does it give Zimbabwe? Uh, let's look. They may not have. No, they don't have. Uh, they don't got hits in Zimbabwe. Okay. What about uh, Cuba? Mm, nope. Come on, Ben. China. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. China. Uh, good news. Uh, China, by the way. Let's see. Proverbs four twenty three. Um, this one's interesting, I, and I, because it sounds like um, it sounds like a like a Confucius say, <laughs> a little bit. Hold on. Proverbs four twenty three is uh, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. It's interesting, is that like the vast majority of the bo- of the verses are reminders of God uh, of um, of people's anxiety and God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Like that's the core of it, um, is that he's he's got there is there is a sense of control in the world, um, and your anxiousness um, can only be relieved by um, by being confident that, that that God has some sense of, of of authority here. Do you think that's new? Do you think like anxiety? I mean, obviously anxiety isn't new, but you think the prevalence of anxiety new, like last three hundred years or something? Was the world always this way? I mean, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, because like the the verses that we're going back to, um, now now here's the thing is that like the the the, the anxiousness um, and the worry and the fear that is generally described um, within the scriptural passages that people are going to um, is is always coming up in in fear of judgment from God in one way or the other. Right. I don't know that our fear nowadays is in judgment from God. I think a lot of the anxiety comes from interactions with the world. And they're seeking solace in a God that has a little, that has some level of control above the world. And so I, I don't know that it's oriented in the same place, but the right, but its presence right. certainly is. Yeah, we, we're stressed out over work and or you know being pressured at work or neighbors or relationships and and you know their culture might have been pressured over. Gosh, if the crops don't survive, I don't know how we're gonna you know eat this winter. You know, so is it, or is is this kingdom going to come down and sweep down and kill us all and 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 take away my children or whatever? Uh, so it's they're both very real, but they're very different. I'd say. Yeah, it just it just feels like like and and maybe this is pulling a lot from Old Testament stuff, right? But like it felt like like some of the the the, the major you know fellas in the Bible, like they were they. they you didn't get the sense that they were sitting in a corner going, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what was that? <laughs> uh, you know, like, like they're, they're, you don't get the sense they're worried about anything. They call a spade a spade, and they're like, hey, that they're trying to kill me? Lord, I'm holding you to account. You do something, <laughs> you know, or you will carry me through this. And and, and I'm, I'm boldened by your strength, right? Where we're like, I don't know, God, if you could maybe help me. Or are you there? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and like, it just seems like people were, were were willing to just take this stuff head on. Like, hey, if I don't think Yahweh is holding up his end, I call Yahweh to account. Where are you? What is going on? What are you doing? You know, or I, I realize that all these people are, are after me, but it's your strength that keeps me running through this thing. I know I'm in the right. Where, you know, like like most of the most of the Christian dudes, and I'm going to put myself in the same bucket. I spend most of my day wondering if I am right. Am I really right? Am I really taking this in correctly? Am I seeing this right? If I feel like it doesn't matter what decision I make, 
I can't trust that it's a decent one. I'm always worried that I've I've pulled the wrong trigger or I've I've come down too heavy or too light or whatever. It's like this constant questioning of everything that that I do, and I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem to be a characteristic of humanity in the Old Testament at all. And even and, and the New Testament is, is is framed a little bit different, not not near as humanity centric, but more you know letters and the stories of, of the life of Jesus, right? But like even the random folks in there, they just don't seem to be as yellow livered about most stuff. They just kind of come right after it. Do you think I, you think I'm I'm hey is that is that not the same sense that anyone else gets? Uh no no so I do agree that like it's not um uh I, I think it's not the same. I think uh, again, I, people's anxiety comes from something uh, biblically seems to be rooted in something a lot more. Um, um, I don't know, not as wimpy, like it's something that you should rightfully be afraid of. Oh. Right? Like if you're talking about the judgment of God, you're talking about walking outside of His 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 will and His ways, or people trying to kill you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where like that's where like they're casting anxiety. Say like I'm worried about this thing. Our level of the thing we worry, I don't know, is the same thing. Like I'm not sure that it similarly shares some of the perspective that that otherwise scripture is communicating, and so like I mean yes you can repurpose that, but I'm not sure it's equatable, and it's not the same. It's not quite the same situation. Hmm. That's true. Actually, I you find a lot of folks that will take some of these these things in scripture that apply to something very heavy inside the Bible, and we will apply it to something very light going on in our lives in perspective. You know? I mean, and, and here's the thing. is like God, like, again, if it's a God that counts the hairs on your head, like, I, it's not like he doesn't care about those things. I just, um, I feel like it is, a, 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 oh, this is going to sound bad. Um, I think it is a victory of Satan for us to get thrown off course to fight the battle on such minuscule terms. I think, I think the, the scriptural battle, I think the kingdom battle um, is of a serious consequence. and. Uh, we're beating off ants with a broom and, and sweating profusely and like, Lord, carry me through. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I get that you're fighting off ants with the broom, but like, you know, we, we could take that broom somewhere else and really, really do some damage. Well, and, I, that's the thing. And, and maybe that's the, the, the whole point I'm trying to get to is I feel like like we have anxiety because we have this this dread about about so many little things. Like, what if I'm late for my job interview? Well, what if you are? <laughs> you know, what if I'm, what if the, what if I, I finally got a day off on a Saturday and the mower doesn't start? Well, what if it don't? <laughs> and the grass gets a little tall or whatever. And, and like, we just take this stuff super hard. Like, oh man, you can't imagine the day I've had. The mower didn't start. Well, man, that's just the worst, you know. <laughs> I hate that to kibbles and bits. You know, I got a and, stain and, on my shirt. Oh, <laughs> and, and it really is all. And, and I, I, I was super victim of it today. There was a couple things that happened to me, and like they were just small things, and I was so mad. And I was just getting fired up about the whole thing. I'm like, man, could this day just go any more poorly? And like, what a terrible perspective. Like we've just lost the perspective, focusing like on these on these super tiny. Tiny things, which then turn around and feeds into your news feed on your phone, where the news is about super tiny things, stuff that no one actually cares about, you know. But then you see the headline, you're like, no doubt, I had no idea Kenny Rogers tried to take an Uber when he was in San Francisco. <laughs> Ridiculous, <laughs> you know. And then you're you're off, woo, sidetracked, you know. And then you got 700 people on your Facebook feed, and three of them had bad dinners and you missed five school plays and you didn't even know that your friend Steve had four kids instead of three and you're like, ah, man, I'm terrible at being a friend of Steve. You know what I'm saying? And it's all this, this stuff and it's just, it's just constant, small and tiny and then you see people going, the strength of the Lord will 
carry me through this. And you, sometimes you wonder if God goes, I don't care if your grass is 4.25 inches. Like, I just do not care. I don't know why you do. I don't know why you do. You want to take steward your place and make the place look nice. I get it. I built you to care about this creation, right? But like this one Saturday, that mower did not start. You going to have a deal about this? I mean, I just can't. It just feels like he shakes his head and goes, I got creation and glory and I've, I've, I've made you in my image and likeness, and this is what you're doing with it. <laughs> you, you look ridiculous, you know? Like almost comedic style ridiculous. And, I, and, and we do it to ourselves, and that is probably a victory of Satan. You got off track of this glorious joy that God's given you because the mower did not run, you know? Just Our prosperity has made us soft. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, is there a way... Can we, is there a swap? Is there a swap page or something that I can go to that says, hey, look, I'm worried about something dumb. So at least, like, if I'm going to bother having some anxiety, at least make it of some consequence. Well, and it's probably a result of not having to worry about things that are big. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's like, a good point. Are we going to be taken over by warlords? Probably not. <laughs> you know? Probably not today. That's, so Dan's right, right? It's, it's our, our prosperity has made us soft because it has given our, our, the relative nature of the things we get anxious about. Um, like are on a whole different plane than things that people are, that what people are anxious about. And I suppose, like, I'm not saying that you don't feel anxious, and I'm not saying that the Lord can't help. What I'm saying is, like, I wonder is there is there is there a way to reorient our lives so that we're not wasting such anxiety on on, on such minimal things. Yeah, because I mean, what, tell me, it's not the thought of most average Americans where they're like, if I could just, you know, pull this lottery off one time, things would really be different. Well. Sir, <laughs> you, live, <laughs> you have won the lottery in comparison to the rest of the world, and you got problems. <laughs> you know, you're on the way to Salasalu thinking there's going to be great things there. And, and, and it turns out you got more problems than you can handle right now. And so the prosperity you have right now are bringing you troubles. And you think that more of this prosperity is going to fix it. And like, trusted with, with little will be trusted with much. But we're failing at the little. <laughs> The little we have is too much for us. We get all fired up and, and cranked out about it, you know? And, like, there's just no, there's no even keel. There's no levelness anywhere. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm talking about myself. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Pope's style advice. This is Mike just having a therapy session with Mike. <laughs> all right. Uh, and it was, and so I looked, uh, the only thing, that, the other one that stood out, so things that you would expect, you've got uh, the Jeremiah 29:11 in, in a lot of places, you got a First Peter five seven. Uh, you got a Matthew. That, that's your enemy, the devil, isn't it? Isn't that First Peter five seven? Uh, five eight. Falling uh, around like a roaring. These were these were uh, these were blue in the list, so I assume they were hyperlinked, and I could just click on them. No, cast all your anxiety uh, on him. Anxiety, because More he cares for you. More. You think some people just need a boyfriend or a yeah, girlfriend? Verse eight's the the next one I was thinking of. <laughs> The adversary of the devil prowls around like a ruin. Yeah, I just want someone to care for me. I'm going to date Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we, I, I think we're, we're, we're uh, a lot of, a lot of, of, of the church is trying to get involved with the aftercare of anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Like how to help people that have anxiety issues. And, and I, I think on the most part, everybody's got them. And it ranges from minimal to, 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 life hampering like you just cannot seem to get through life because of all these things and it and at some point like i think we, we started to accept that it's just a thing now and and i actually don't think it has to be some people it is it's an imbalance it's a thing you know like 
and they have it and it's and and it is an actual disease or whatever you know and 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 there's no taking away from that but like some of us are just pouring this thing on for no reason you well, know like saying cast your cares on me what well, you shouldn't have taken half those cares on in the first place they yeah. weren't they weren't for anybody to carry we're, we're we're taught from from our youth that we're to think big and and be big and dream big and and we're special and important and 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 you know we're winners and the second you lose is something then we don't know how to handle it or the s- second someone doesn't think you're special we're like oh man I've got stress and anxiety and, and and my husband didn't say nice things to me today or my wife didn't look at me that way I was hoping and and, and my life is a you know a mess and and we we kind of build ourselves up for for failure. You know, unless we're the CEO, we're, we're losers. Or, you know, unless we right. did win the lottery, then uh, we're just worthless. And and it's like, well, most people don't win the lottery, and most people aren't the CEO, and and people aren't going to like you. That's just what it is. And you know? some people don't deserve to be heard. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Right? you've been consistently putting out bad ideas all day. <laughs> maybe I have nothing truly of value to add to this. Yeah, maybe you should just go do the thing your boss said instead of being like, hey, I reimagined this, and this is the way I think the company's unethical. Well, whatever. Yeah, go Either ahead and go count do the, the job we're paying you to do or quit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, it's a bigger. Th- I, I have to really put some better thought into this because I, I obviously I'm, we're swinging a very big bat here in a very crude yeah. way. But like it is, we just I, I I think it's just true of of especially you know prosperous countries like our own. We just take on these stupidest anxieties. Some people I, I and I know this is this is a it hits home for a lot of folks. But like sometimes you're surrounded with folks that just cannot get their act together, and you can't live your their life for them. It's not an anxiety to carry around. It's just a truth. You can't do it, right? And, like, I can't I, – I, at least three-quarters of, of social media interaction is complaining about somebody else, right, that like, you can't control, you can't puppet them. You can pray for them, and you can put it in God's hands, and you can, and you can do the best that you can. But, like, when it's keeping you up at night, I, you know, I, you might be overstepping a little, right? Like, you're trying to take on the way that someone lives their life, and they're just going to do it. And and like we do that a lot with, and especially with with the amount of interactions on social media. Now you're taking on the lives of a couple thousand people. Like I just I, I just don't think you were meant to carry all right. That you around. know a lot more. You yes. know a lot more people, and you know, and it feels like personal situations. And so like it's uh, it, it, it's more that it feels like you have bear the responsibility to carry. Yes, and it's a false. It's, it's like a, oh man, Jeremy's having a tough time or whatever. Barely even. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You barely know. You met him one time at a conference three years ago. You're not buddies. I mean, you could I, I'm, you could certainly pray for him or whatever, you know. But like, take it on that 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 anxiety of things that you just have absolutely no two cents to throw in at all. It's it seems super unnecessary. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the only other interesting or uh, prime variation happened in um, Thailand. Was it Thailand? Hold on. Matthew six thirty three, and they uh, that is a servant on the mount business. Uh, yeah, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yes, yes. The you Taiwanese. Know, you know, maybe, maybe this should be disappointing, right? But like, none of the verses you've highlighted so far is is simple. Like <laughs> the Lord, like like uh, like Deuteronomy, like the Great Shema or something. Something that's not about us. But just about him, like just about God, like God is all powerful and mighty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or something, right. something that is merely a statement of how great God is and not our, our what, what we can gain from it, like yeah, losing yeah. our anxiety or gaining strength or something, you know, but just 
who God is. And 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 yeah, maybe that should be. Korea says uh, Proverbs sixty nine. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. They're on with that. That's I mean that's not anything that promises to, that the Koreans will be emboldened. It just says, look, the Lord's got the thing handled. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, hey, speaking of Bible reading, check this out. There was a story, uh, and Mike, and then we'll do some advice. Um, Chance the Rapper is on a sabbatical to study the Bible. Uh, this is from the uh, New York Post. This is today, uh, released within the last six or seven hours. It says, don't bother Chance the Rapper. He can't be reached right now. The Chicago-born lyricist 25 announced on Instagram Friday that he's going on sabbatical so he can get closer to God. He says, I'm on a plane headed out of the country. I'm going uh, away to learn the word of God, which I'm admittedly very unfamiliar with. He captioned a video in which he cradles his new nephew. Chance, whose real name is Chancellor Jonathan Bennett, says he's taking it upon himself to study the Bible in full and is starting off with the first five or more books. He hopes to pass along his knowledge to the next generation of Bennett men. He also plans to give up smoking during this time away. Since the announcement, Chance has been posting passages from the Bible and images of his daughter at what appears to be a secluded sanctuary. While it's unclear how long Chance's sabbatical will last, he's releasing new music. He's also got an upcoming show slated for December 20th in his hometown. A request for additional details from Chance's rep wasn't immediately returned. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So, like, um, I don't know. I don't know if you'd recognize uh, tunes from him. He's kind of an interesting dude. Um, he had he had uh, had done some things where, like, he showed up and gave uh, like a bunch of money to his hometown school districts uh, to try to help the public schools. Uh, I mean, a substantial amount of money. He won he won some Grammys, I think, one or two years ago. Um, he's a, he's a popular dude. Yeah, and. Um, uh yeah. Anyway, I just I, it was it was cool. Like it's not just hey I'm gonna go seek seek God or whatever. He's like I'm going to study the word, <laughs> and I must I, and I admit that I haven't read it and I feel like I need to read it. So I'm gonna go read it and I'm gonna pass it on to other generations of men in my family. I'm like that's awesome. That is awesome. What a line in the sand that <laughs> yeah. says you know what my not knowing the word ends today, and here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Hey, man, so, like, uh, I mean, whatever, whatever kick in the pants you might need to uh, you know, keep your Bible reading in check or fire it up, just know even guys like Chance the Rapper are like, you know what, it's got to change. Now, you can't afford the plane and the secluded place, but here's the deal. No one's harassing you like they're harassing them. I bet you can find seclusion in your life, average Joe. I know I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can find myself a place. Uh, coffee shop. There you go. I went to this. Actually, there's, Library. A, new, there's a new coffee shop in Ankeny called Porchlight. Um, that I think is run by some um, uh, Jesus folks. And it's a nice place. It's kind of like in the older part of Ankeny. I'd, I'd recommend it. Jesus folks have really found their niche with the coffee shop. They have. They love it. They have. It's cool, it's cool looking in there, too. Anyway. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> um, I'm going. I, they give me free refills when I'm there. If I told them I'd talk about them on a show. Yeah, right. Here's the deal. They give everybody free refills. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also true for me. <laughs> Dear Life from the Path. I'm an older IT professional, 58, who had a very successful career until a year ago. I was part of a major layoff at the company I worked for many years. I've not been able to find a job in the IT field since. Besides my skills and knowledge in IT, I'm an accomplished handyman with skills in most of the trades. The issue is, my wife is insistent that I get another job in IT, mostly for the benefits. Older IT workers have a very hard time finding work in the field. I'd like to start a handyman company since I enjoy this kind of work. If I start a handyman business, my wife, for the first time, would have to go from being a part-time worker at her job to full-time to provide us with benefits. This will cause a lot of strain on our marriage because she has made it clear she does not want to work full-time. I think she's being selfish. I've provided her with a very nice lifestyle for many years and feel it's time she step up and do her part. 
I'm not sure how to broach this subject without an argument ensuing. Help. Yeah, I mean, you ain't going to get it. <laughs> an argument's going to ensue, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a hornet's nest you got there, friend. I'm, and I'm frankly, guessing the kids are grown, 58. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so so it's not a child issue. Uh, they ought to have a good, surely they could have an adult conversation about it. I mean, but let the guy do something different. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's not like a simple answer here because the benefits are at play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you would have to find uh, either it's a new work or like take on more work or something. It sounds like she's she works part time somewhere. She'd mm-hmm. have to go full time to get the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she won't be able to match what he had. I'm sure he, he must have been pretty high level at that age. Yeah, I mean, he was going to retire in a few years anyway. Why, why not just call her quits on that? Yeah, I, I, I except mean, the benefits. I get it. I mean, late fifties. This is the this is the the portion of life that you're hopefully like your house is starting to get paid off. Your you know or whatever, and and your bills shouldn't be as high as they were when it was five people living at your place. You know, now that you're down to two, now you still got obligations and there's still stuff going on. You know, but like for most, when you're about the time you hit retirement is about when your 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 bills start going away a little bit, and so. You know, hopefully you'd be able to take a little bit of a, a kick in salary to be able to do this and 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 whatever. Fifty eight's kind of old to start a handyman business, yeah. um, but I mean that's not really up what we're talking about here. I really the question he's asking is, can I bring this up without having an argument ensue? And my guess is no, because you already know where she stands. <laughs> you already said no. She doesn't want to work that full time to get to benefits. And 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 maybe you know maybe the reason that she doesn't want to do it is not because she's lazy and doesn't want to work full time, but thinks that you're going to completely fail at this handyman business you know i i don't know <laughs> there could be a ton of reasons here but like yeah. your your wife and, and and you are not on the same page here and so like thinking you're going to bring it up without an argument is that might be foolish yeah yeah that's true it's like um he's assumed kind of the motivation of his wife he's represented her in a way that says uh she's she's just lazy and you know prefers to sit on her but duff and doesn't care that i'm working but like i mean i don't know that i don't know that that's actually the truth and here's the deal. IT is probably a 40-hour-a-week job. Uh, dude, you have no kids. What I mean, do both. Get a full-time job, get the benefits, and do the other stuff on the side. I think he's saying that you have a hard time at that age getting a, getting a full-time IT job, which is right. is true. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're I doing mean, for IT, but that is, that is, is true. Do you think that's actually true? Like, could he get an entry-level IT gig? Maybe he's not going to be the supervisor, you know, but like... Yeah, they won't hire you, though, because you know, they know you won't be satisfied. Yeah, that actually happens a lot. Yeah. Where your resume looks too impressive, and they're like, eh. Yeah. No, we don't want the kind of hassle that you I get that all the time. Oh, you're too <laughs> impressive for yeah, us. Yeah, sorry, Dad. <laughs> You've conquered five continents and uh, saved the baby seals. We can't have you here. <laughs> Here's a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, so, so I, I think, I mean, there's, there's, there's a few variables in there that, like, it's I, there's not an easy, like, this is definitely a slam dunk here. Um, someone's life is going to be impacted. Your, your wife's life is going to change. Your life is going to change. Um, there might be more options than what you've provided. Like, so yeah. what you're saying is true, but there might be also other things that are true. As I was thinking, maybe he should be a consultant in the business world. Yeah. I mean, he's got experience. He's got some, so there, there are some options there. So, I, so, uh, but like, um, if you want to find one that you can both agree on, then your only course of action is to start talking about it and keep talking about it. Did he say, did he get laid? Uh, he got laid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bet his, sever- his severance is coming, kind of coming up here. Yeah, I think where where he says, uh, I think she's being selfish. I've provided her with a very nice lifestyle for many years and feel it's time for her to step up and do her part. Um, I, you know, maybe you, your wife, you and your wife have not had a common understanding of what your life is for the last 
20 years, something like obviously that's gone on too long. I mean, and, and I know it's a, it's a subject of some confrontation at some houses, but like my wife and I, I'm, she's very clear on what my role and responsibility is. And, and, and I, I'm very clear on what hers is. And we, this could, this discussion is not going to come up later. Right. You know, it's just not, I think we're, we're pretty sad there. We're, we're, we're good. And so like, if you, you waited 20 years to have this conversation with your wife, then I think you missed the boat. By quite a yeah, bit. that's true. It does kind of feel like he's he's been uh, lamenting the fact that his wife's been working part time for a while, and he's been working full time, and he feels like he's he's pairing, tailing an unfair load. Where, uh, I mean, it just depends on the nature of your relationship. But like, yeah, my, my my wife stays home, and I expect her. You know, that's what she wants to do, and I I don't feel anything about that. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> that's just what she's doing. Kind of is what it is. You know? <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Segular says, expect an argument and be prepared for it. You are not responsible for having been laid off. Seems there's plenty of ageism in your field, and it isn't surprising you can't find a comparable job in IT when the preference appears to be for hiring younger, cheaper workers. Frankly, you are fortunate to have been an alternative, uh, to have both an alternative and the initiative to start a handyman business. Good handymen are hard to find, and your wife should make the effort to support you in what could be a successful endeavor once it gets on its feet. That's what partners in life are supposed to do, isn't it? I mean, I don't know anything about his skills. He could be crappy. I mean, he claims to be a, a, a talented IT man and have skills in all the traits. Yeah. Here's the thing. People that are as good at being a handyman as he says, you find that out by working for somebody else and realize that you're carrying the company. And then you go, I, it would make way more sense for me to do this on my own than to carry this company like, like I'm doing. You know? And it just, it's a logical progression, right? But like at 58, I doubt he's applying for a construction job with somebody. And I doubt anybody would hire him. Because he's not done it professionally his whole life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I don't know. Like, how do you know you're skilled in all the trades? Because you did it in your own place? Yeah. I mean, like, I do a lot of my own maintenance, and good night, I wouldn't accept a dime from somebody to have me do it at their place. <laughs> yeah, right? It starts to get scary now. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Now you're on the hook for some stuff. A, a 71 Linux, eh? Hey? Oh, yeah, I deal with these all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I call in the Linux, man. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Dear, ooh, dear life from the path. My boyfriend and I have been together for a couple of years. He has three siblings, all in their 20s, none married. Mm -hmm. Today I received a group email from his mom addressed to him, his father, his grandmother, all three siblings, and their boyfriends slash girlfriends, including me, asking for Christmas wish lists. He wants to know what we would like for Christmas and would like us to reply all on the email so everyone else will have ideas for Christmas presents. I don't know how to respond. I don't want to appear greedy, but I do like the idea that she wants to get us all presents that we will like. Can you give me any suggestions on the best way to respond? Oh, man, that does put, put you in a weird spot. Now, here's the deal. My wife's family is this way. Really? And it is weird from, yeah. uh, obviously, my upbringing. It was weird. They're like, what would you like for Christmas? I'm like, what? Have <laughs> <laughs> well, you seen the commercial with the two new GMCs? In the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take the red one. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you have the black one. You're right. You don't want to see, like, some kind of greedy Gus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... I would like a uh, $500 washer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but like, you know, and so like, it feels like there's etiquette there, but like truth is they asked, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a practicality issue, right? Like no one's, no one's going to buy you a washer for Christmas, you know? And so like, I don't know, shoot around a, you know, 50 bucks per gift. Yeah. Five I, bucks I would, per gift. I'd say it would be appropriate to say, Hey, I don't know what your budget is. So I'll just give you ideas. High budget, blah, blah, blah. Medium budget, blah blah blah. Yeah. Low yeah. budget, blah blah blah. Cheapskate. Anything is great. I mean, uh, I appreciate you even asking. You know, and leave it at that. It's it it really like it it, it does, and I, and maybe it's an upbringing thing, right? But it feels super weird. Yeah. But it's somebody that goes, look, I don't want to waste my money here. 
uh-huh. right? I want to buy you something that you want and because I want to give you a gift for Christmas. So what do you want? <laughs> you know, it seems completely reasonable on its face, but on an etiquette reason, you're like, ooh, yeah. what if I have super high taste and they have super low budget? I don't want to make them feel bad or make them feel like a jerk or whatever, you know, <laughs> but like they asked, just answer it. Just answer it truthfully, you know? Yeah. And I'll, a side note, I, I've gotten really weird about Christmas the last couple of years. I, the whole thing just turns me off. Oh, you don't dig it at all. No, I mean it's just—I mean it's just—it's just weird. It's like why? Why do we? Why do we do this? Like, we're, we're, we're just blowing money for for no. I'm mean, like, yeah, hey, John's girlfriend, I'd like to buy you something. It's like why? I mean, <laughs> why do I want to buy you? Anything? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're just throwing. We're flushing money. The whole culture this month of December just flushes money down the toilet, and then in January they grieve the fact that they have no money, or it, the, the bills are coming due. And I'm like, well, just stop it. Stop it. Actually, I'm getting to be Grinchy or something. Well, I, don't know. Uh, I mean, yes, a little damn. <laughs> yes. But, like, I, I do the same thing around Christmas. I go, how are we able to afford this? Yeah. And, like, the other months, I'm like, what happened? We in the negative somehow. But Christmas, we seem to come up with cash. And, like, I mean, we'll put it on credit or nothing, you know? But I'm like, where does money come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm very generous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Dan's right. It's weird. No one wants to think about it because I would like the gifts to continue to roll in. <laughs> Actually, I, th- that's where uh, I, I struggle during Christmas because, like, there's, there's, uh, that's where a lot of needs come up. And, like, I'm like, well, it's Christmas. And I'm just chucking money out the window, like, to good things. Uh-huh. But, like, it's, I asked the same question. I thought, like, what, what, I could have done this in October. Like, the people were yeah. still hungry in October. What the heck? <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, um, uh, it, it's, it's so, uh, event driven right like it's just this time of year and yeah. this thing and, and then we're gonna let it go as opposed to like a consistent lifestyle of doing whatever it is that might be good of the season and then frankly avoiding whatever might be not good yeah you know the thing is though it's like you wonder where all this this good feeling and stuff comes from around the gift giving and the christmas holiday and the truth of the matter is people just want to feel like you thought about them and like a present represents that i thought about you i found something that i think you would like because i know you and we're close enough that I understand what you would like, and I got you this because I was thinking about you. And, and like, we tend to not do that almost any other time of the year, which is why yeah. the, the whatever, the Western culture Christmas feels this way is because people are saying, I purposely went out. I was thinking about you the whole time while I picked out this thing, you know? And so, like, the present actually, I mean, the presents are cool. You know, people like stuff. But, but the truth of the matter is it's, it's knowing that someone went and was thinking about you while they were doing something. Right. If I get one complaint from my wife, it's 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 that, you know, I sometimes I feel like you do, you don't think about me during the day or something, and it just feels nice to have someone think about me. And like the truth of the matter is, yeah, that is true, and I'm not very good at showing that, you know. And, and that's why Christmas feels like that. It doesn't mean I don't think about her. It just means I don't do a very good job of shooting a text out, being like, hey, just thinking about you, <laughs> thinking about you, you know. Yeah. And like because it really does, it feels nice that even though I'm you and I are not in, I'm not looking you in the eye. You know, just to have someone hit me up every once in a while that says, man, I, I don't know, I was reading my Bible this morning, and, and you came to mind. I, you know, what's going on? You're like, man, I, I mean, that's cool. Are you trying to pry in my business? But that's cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I think that's where all that comes from, and, and sometimes we get lost in that the stuff is actually the thing. And, like, I mean, as, as much as the stuff is cool, especially for kids, the thing is, like, someone saying, hey, I just I was thinking about you, and, and I got you this. You're like, cool. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, but, it, but, it's, but it's still weird. I mean, I mean, hey, pants comes up and gives me a pair of socks in December. I was thinking about you. I bought you these socks. 
And I think, oh, cool. You know, yeah, it's Christmas. If he did that in March, I'd be like, you're weird. Yeah, well, right, right. I'd be like, why are you thinking about me with socks? I mean, in, I was in thinking March. about you. I was thinking about your feet, <laughs> and I said, let's put two and two together. Leave my toes alone. <laughs> I mean, but but Christmas, but yeah, we just threw every, everything. We just threw it out. Our, our whole brains just like, great, you know. Here, I got made these popcorn balls for you. Why? Yeah, why? You why? I guess that's not a big thing. But I can't tell whether you <laughs> are a Grinch, Dan, or whether you're onto something. <laughs> I mean. I'm 50-50 on it right now. I mean, I totally hear what you're saying. It is. It's bonkers. Crazy. Honestly, it's, it's, it's going to Africa. Because I'm thinking, no, I sent, I sent them 25 bucks. I bought them shoes and a new school uniform and a, and, a, and a big, really nice meal for their Christmas party. And, like, I am more excited about that than the Xbox that just came out or, you know, right. the, the whatever the, the, in, in our excess of, of stuff. You know, I think, gosh, I'd rather give it a I'm, – I'm sending some chickens to Liberia. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I need some new lipstick. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. That's true. It's December. You ain't even leaving the house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stay home. Your cheeks are naturally rosy. It's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm with Dan. I'm out of this thing. <laughs> Starting from January. I'm spreading <laughs> Christmas cheer. Well, let's see what the text cuts look like, and then we'll decide. <laughs> All right, ready? Yep. Secular says. Your boyfriend's mother is a generous and sensible woman. She is soliciting ideas because she doesn't want to waste her time or money buying something the recipient won't like. Answer her question. Tell her what you would like as long as it isn't something that will break the bank. Your boyfriend could probably give you some hints about her budget. I suggest you talk to him about it. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I said, woman, what is, what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much are we talking here? Should I shoot for the moon? She'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty generous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you, Mike, do you ever get one of them big ticket items? Oh yeah, they uh, one year for Christmas they they uh, bought the drywall for me to drywall my attic. Oh, wow, that's awesome! I thought they got me Scrabble, but they only put the tiles that spelled drywall. <laughs> that's really cool. I was happy with the Scrabble. I'm like, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's cool. You know, but but yeah, and it was just a super cool gift, super practical. We were just married, and we just had a, had our, our second kid, or our, actually, we were just about to have our second kid. And uh, it was it, it couldn't have been a better gift. It was very yeah, practical and it. awesome. What did you do with that Scrabble game? I didn't keep the drywall pieces. I suppose I should have. What? Do you still have the Scrabble? You just threw out D-R-Y-W-A-N-L-L? Yeah, you can't ever make that again. <laughs> it's been ruined. <laughs> hey, how long has it been since you played Moncala? Uh, you remember that game with the... with the Like the domino thing? No, no there's like there's stones. Like, they're like rocks. Yeah, there's like uh, four rocks in each of these uh, uh, of these bowls, and you Ooh, gotta kind of go around the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I got I got beat soundly in Montcala by my kids this, tonight. I mean, it took uh, literally like five moves, and I was done. Wow. And I had I completely forgot how that game was played. Anyway, side. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to Life in the Path. I have anxiety about Montcala. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, got a comment on the show, uh, complaint, or uh, maybe you dig on the thing. Just uh, hit us up on the uh, Live from the Bath Complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. That's the Live from the Path Complaint line. We can do call or uh, voicemail or text, uh, whatever tickles your wick. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, We will see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, uh, be faithful in means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.